0: Hi, and welcome to this special episode of the Dreamers Manual podcast. This one is really fun, and it's also brought to you by the magic of podcasting. Because yesterday I went live in Sarah Noked's Confident OBM community. And if you haven't got to meet Sarah, she is my OBM mentor who I learned everything I know about becoming an online business manager and navigating that space. She's been for more than 10 years, not only working in the online space, working with OBM clients, and then she teaches people how to become the best OBMs they can be through the OBM school. So she has this incredible community called the Confident OBM Community. And yesterday we went live and talked all about visibility as a service provider And specifically, what that's meant to us as OBMs, who are typically more behind the scenes. But I think a lot of service providers, we can relate to that in the sense that whether we're a podcast producer, project manager, a system setup person, we're not necessarily in the front or the face of someone's business. We really show up and help those businesses succeed and thrive. And so, talking about what type of visibility we need, what actually works to bring clients in your business. Why it's different, or how it's changed over the years—all those things we talk about in this conversation. We also share how we've partnered to bring you this incredible workshop. This is a four-week workshop. We're going to have a live Q and A. There are challenges. There's video lessons you can watch at your leisure or rewatch. There's going to be swipe files and templates. So if you're curious to learn more about that, you could stay tuned for the end of our conversation. You can also check out obmschool.com backslash visibility-workshop. That link will also be available in the show notes for you to just click it. So as always, I hope this conversation resonates with you. I feel like it will, especially as we go through seasons of visibility and what it looks like in our business. And as always, if you want the link to the workshop, you can send me a dm on instagram and just say the word workshop and i'll send you the link or if you have any questions i would love to have a conversation with you so that's all for now and if you guys are listening to this in real time i hope you have an amazing weekend okay
1: it looks like we are live hey everybody exciting
0: welcome julie
1: um let's just check to make sure we're actually live before we kick off i'm so excited to have you in our community. It looks like we are streaming. I see us. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Julie, welcome. This is a really exciting moment. It's been a while since I've gone live in our Confident OBM community (laughs) Right, a really long time. Um, I'm excited to be here with you, Julie, and being a little bit more visible. So for those of you guys who don't know Julie, um, that's shocking. (laughs) So Julie, I'm We're really privileged to have Julie as an OBM mentor inside of OBM School, but she's also the host of the very popular podcast, Dreamer's Manual, the Dreamer's Manual, which I love, which if you are a service-based support provider, an OBM, a VA, you definitely want to check out this awesome podcast. Um, So we're really excited to have you in our community talking all about OBM visibility, which is a topic that. I think is ever more important, especially in the today's day and
0: age. Welcome, Julie, to the community. Thank you so much. I'm really excited. Anytime I get to spend with you and in this community that I love is just the best treat. I know. It's always good times.
1: So we, I'm going to be interviewing Julie a little bit about her podcast, Visibility, and how she got started. If at any time you guys have any questions for her or for me, feel free to leave them in the chat. We're gonna have some time towards the end of our interview to address any questions you have because I'm sure things will come up. Because Julie is just a wealth of information when it comes to putting herself out there. So, Julie, I gotta get this off my chest. You are <laughs> a self-proclaimed introvert, which I kind of I'm on the fence always. Am I an introvert? Am I? Am I? I don't know. Like I I, I come and go out of that. But what I do know is that it can feel very daunting to be visible in the online space. So what has your journey looked like with regard to visibility from, you know, I know the time you got started even as a VA to transitioning to an OBM to building this amazing podcast.
0: It really has been a journey. As you know, when you start out, It feels like I brought my business home, right? To Uh be able to be available for my kids, to have this flexibility, but also because I am an introvert Mm -hmm. and I love being in my own space. I love meeting with people one-on-one, but I always tell this story of when I was in college and I'm a psychology minor. And so in one of those personality test classes, there was like an introversion extroversion scale. And I scored so extroverted that the teacher said she was surprised I ever left the house. And I was like, me too, every day. (laughs) And now I don't have to very often. So it's, it's come full circle, but I think the journey of finding my voice online and finding a really simple, authentic strategy was super important to me. And that obviously applies whether you're introverted or extroverted, but I always like to talk about being introverted because so many people, I think, come to me with this limiting mindset that if I am introverted, I can't be successful at business or promoting myself on social media. Or any of those things. And I just want to say it's not true. And there are ways and strategies that you can be visible and show up that are really going to make an impact on your business. And it doesn't have to look like the influencer, you know, that has a million subscribers. Like that's not what having a service based business is.
1: Yeah. I I really like that because we, I mean, just like you, Julie, I definitely started to do this for my kids, although I hadn't had any kids, but I knew I wanted to have kids. But I really wanted to be able to work from home and have that flexibility. And it's so interesting to me because most, I would say, and if you're listening, let me know in the comments, just throw me a little thumbs up in the comments if you can relate to this feeling of, I chose to be behind the scenes. You know, what we do yeah. as online business managers is so behind the scenes for our clients. And I, I feel very privileged that I get to see that inner kind of, you know, the inner world of the, of the OBM client, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I want to be putting myself out there. So you had said something that I just really kind of picked up on this simple, authentic strategy for putting yourself out there for being visible. What, and and obviously this is going to be unique to everybody, but what does that look like for you?
0: For me now, it looks like, well, and I'll go back a little bit. My journey to coming to this strategy was, you know, a lot of different things that I tried. And this isn't to say that if you are doing these things, you shouldn't be, because I don't believe that. I think if it works. Anything can be a scaffolding to get you to where you want to go. So early on, I uh, purchased a subscription that would have templates that would come to me and it would just spark ideas Mm. for what I could write for captions. Mm. It became apparent after a certain amount of time that those didn't feel authentic or valuable to me. And I don't think it was the fault of the templates. I just think it was the journey of really wanting to speak to my ideal clients Mm. and communicate to them. And the templates just were too, um, too general. Mm -hmm. And so moving from that, I knew I needed a strategy to be able to communicate to people, but get the information out of myself that I knew that was in, in a way that wasn't exhausting, right? Because we're all busy. Nobody that I know wants to spend, you know, 20 hours a week doing social media visibility, Writing captions unless you're a copywriter or something like that. And And so, (laughs) (laughs) and so that looked like figuring out that I loved, and it was easy for me to get on a podcast microphone, and I didn't have to necessarily do my hair, my makeup, or anything. I could just show up in my pajamas and speak from my heart. And then from there, I'm able to take that content and use it in so many different ways. Certainly. There's other ways than even being visible on social media, right? There's um, networking online and in person. Mm -hmm. Um, There's being guests on other people's platforms and their podcasts. So, you know, sprinkling in a little bit of that, but it's not the only way, but I found that it was the easiest and best way for me. So now I spend literally a couple hours a month creating um, some captions, creating some videos and reels and my podcast episode, and then everything else just happens like magic. And are you, are you pumping up with episodes every week? I am, yes. um, which isn't necessary, right? If you have a podcast, I just tell people whatever schedule you choose, just be consistent. But literally, I have enough content that I could do two episodes a week. And usually, wow. my team tries to hold me back, like they're like, "You don't need so much content." I'm like I know, but I love it, so I have all these like short episodes coming out. So I do pepper them in every once in a while. But it's um, when it's you find the right thing, it becomes that easy.
1: Yeah that's interesting. So there it's like sort of about picking your right form of visibility you had mentioned. You know, having your own podcast, being on other people's podcasts, doing guest blogs on people's websites. Um, you know, guest ex I love doing guest experts in other people's, you know, uh, Facebook communities. There's so many ways of being visible and there's so many things to Dip our dip our toes into. Did you know when you started your journey way back when that you wanted to have a podcast? Was that something that you wanted to do?
0: I would have never believed that I had a point of view that people would really want to listen to. Right, really? that confidence grows as you have your business. Even you know in the community of OBM's right. in in um, OBM school, people come in with these crazy insane skill sets and they still don't feel like it's like wait you have all the knowledge you need you know the framework and um the course is so incredible but they come with these skill sets that are just amazing and so I'm sure there was some of that that having a mentor like you really helped kind of point those things out and get me going in the right direction. But I knew I loved podcasts and so I started out as a VA in the very beginning and pretty quickly transitioned into podcast launching and management mm-hmm. and podcast pitching. It was like, I'd started out podcast pitching and then I knew I just that. wanted, yeah, I do so I wanted to be in the space, right? Of And now as an OBM, a lot of clients, I can't think of a client who either doesn't want to be on podcast has a podcast it's like it definitely that knowledge base transferred over to what I'm doing with OBM clients. Well, so I would say no, I didn't know. Yeah,
1: that's so interesting because I feel like you are you know just born to sort of speak and be you know interview. I've been on your podcast. you're an incredible host. Um, you know like anything, I think it is a skill that develops over time and you've really done it in such a way that is really admirable I think for our OBM community as a whole. Um, you don't see a lot of OBMs who have popular podcasts. I mean, there are a few, but there's definitely not that many. And I I, got to ask you this, like when a potential client is doing their due diligence, like they do when they're looking to hire an OBM and they find this badass, rock solid, incredible, ooh, podcast that you know, you are just so confident and so knowledgeable and so gracious, like such a gracious host. And you have, it's such a, I think it's such a show of your personality too. Cause Julie, you're like one of the sweetest people that I know. And you're, you really are, you such, you have such a heart of service, like in, in so many different Mm ways. Um, like what does a potential client say to you after they've seen your podcast or heard your podcast?
0: I think it helps that know, like, and trust factor so much because once you can get more of a sense of who somebody is, you can pretty quickly sort out, like, is this my people or do I know I need this, but, you know, I would love to work with a different person or personality. So, you know, when I first started the podcast, I wasn't committing to anything other than my first season was a an act of service and really meant to be a place where people service providers could go to figure out who they needed to hire. Um, what questions to ask of somebody in the hiring process, how to sort of sort through that. so we interviewed, um, you talking about OBMs. We talked to Michaela Quinn talking about hiring a VA. We had copywriter, podcast manager. So somebody who owned a business could say, do I need this person? How do I find them? Where do I look? What questions do I ask? And then through that experiment, then the podcast grew from there. But I didn't start out, um, you know, with this this big vision of what it necessarily was going to be. It's it's evolved. So, clients for OBM referrals, a lot of times we'll find those initial episodes because they are looking for something. And sometimes people just don't know what that is and they listen and then come to a call knowing me a little bit better and what I do and also being more educated about um, what they might need, what questions to ask, any gaps in their business. And so it's really been like a nice um, twofold.
1: Yeah. One of the things that Julie had mentioned to me, listeners, before uh, before we started this interview, is that oftentimes you'll instead of like replying to a question, you'll just send them a link to a specific podcast episode, which is genius.
0: Absolutely, and having conversations with people um, really informs episodes because I've received. Um, emails or DMs from people, and especially from the OBM community, and then literally gone and recorded an episode because I have so much I want to say about it that it wouldn't be um, comprehensive to put it back in a DM. And it can serve so many other people because if one person has that question, other people will have that question. And so it's, it works both ways, but it really fills me up because then I feel like I'm being more helpful than just a couple sentences could be in the DMs.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, I love that. And I think that it's so important. I, I know even with my own business, we have our YouTube channel. And the thing I love about those YouTube videos is that they're so easy to link when you know students have questions or they want to learn more about programs. And it also really serves to create the rest of the strategy for creating content. So for example, one of the strategies that we've started employing in the last year with our YouTube channel is, um, you know, we have the YouTube video go live. Then we also have like a teaser video go live. We create all the social media around that same content that's in the YouTube video. And it it makes being visible less painful because like, let's be honest, you know, I love that you love podcasting, but sometimes do you feel like exhausted from the whole process and like, can I be consistent here today, this month, this week? You know,
0: <laughs> I need a with break. podcasting right with video content and other things sometimes for sure. Like I have now built sort of that helpful, uh, place in my social media. So I don't feel like I'm constantly having to create content. Cause Eat I think that's machine. what yeah. Right. That can get exhausting. Um and I always feel like I I honestly I pretend like it's just going out to nobody. Cause if you start to overthink <laughs> it, I tell people in the OBM community all the time in OBM school, like I pretend that nobody's going to see it. Actually when people out sort of in the wild say they've seen or heard something I do, I I like I <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's just very, I, I really, it just like disappears from my brain because that's the only way I could sort of, as being an introvert, cope with being, having things out there, having the
1: attention on you. It's so funny because, you know, it's like it reminds me of like when you're doing a speech in in high school, you know, imagine everybody in your under in their underpants. you know, it's this sort of the same concept, but it's like imagine nobody's watching. and you know you're you're literally just creating this content for your most valuable clients. So you know, when I think about visibility to just sort of piggyback on what you're saying, I'm I'm reminded of the fact that we are speaking to our ideal client, right? Like this is when you're being visible, you want to be visible to the person that, you know, the kind of client that you want to attract. You need to be visible to everybody. What are some some recommendations or some ways that we could help our OBM community connect this idea of visibility to their ideal client?
0: It's really A journey because I think in the beginning um, of any type of reiteration of my business, as I transitioned Mm. through different things, I wasn't always sure who I wanted to work with. And frankly, when I had something specific in mind, I would try working with somebody in this field, or I just would be able to put out my content and attract people who in my mind wouldn't have been ideal clients. But through that Mm. experience and the exercise of putting myself out there, realize that who I thought I wanted to work with and who actually really love working with, you know, aren't maybe the same thing all the time. And so, you know, something that you're really good about showing people is this place of being uncomfortable. That's a gift that having a business and especially a service-based online business has taught me is that everything you do feels really sort of awkward and uncomfortable at first. And that includes being more of yourself, because honestly, like using those templates, I was kind of hiding behind Mm. a professional voice, right? You know, we talked about (laughs) early on my website, because when I was going through the program, there's these gorgeous, um, neutral, beautiful websites. And I felt very awkward coming in and saying, well, I, I really feel like expressing my brand through color. And I think some people really, their personality and their house reflects like these, um, lovely neutral colors. And some people were just more scared to say, is this professional? Cause they're coming from a corporate background. So all along the way, I've taken baby steps to be more authentic. And so all that to say, I don't think you have to go in. If you are listening to this and you feel like, I don't know who my ideal client is. That's okay. Um, you start to find clues and pieces. You start with where you think that ideal client is going to be or who they are. But ultimately I think you have to create content that feels good to you. And anytime um, you can experiment with this in your own social media that I have felt edgy and it's helpful to have a business bestie or person. I have um, my team where I can send them something and say, this feels a little edgy do you think I should put this out? And hands down, those are always my best performing uh, podcasts or reels or posts. Um, but it takes that little extra. I like to have that buffer for myself to say like, is this too far? And so far I haven't, <laughs> I haven't crossed that line yet. It's so
1: funny. Yeah. I, um, I definitely hear you, um, on the, needing team and bestie backup for being too edgy or being like, is this? and I think that is really important and having the community, even our confident OBM community where we're streaming live to you right now, is like such a key, key part of, of, and, the, and our school, the OBM school having like-minded people to lean on and to keep you accountable because you're going to, you probably, if you've been in the online space, you've heard this many times that consistency is, key. Julie, what are some of the ways that you stay consistent with your visibility?
0: Well, I think understanding first for me that I work in a very seasonal way, you know, mm-hmm. Kate Northrup has the book do less yes, and love it really, and it's, she's so great. And so she informed, um, some of the way that I've been transforming and thinking about my work. Um, I always talk about doing a time study and I do those quarterly because I have kids at home and ultimately like be- between the seasons in Alaska, my kids schedules and sports, what my clients are doing and launching things change sometimes pretty significantly between seasons. So I start there and think realistically about what the season is going to look like and what I can realistically ask from myself. And I don't put pressure on myself to have this perfect, um, presence all the time. I give myself permission to say in this season, uh, this feels really good. I can be more visible. And in this season, I know that I might not be able to. So I pre-plan ahead and anything that I want to do to be consistent, I set up ahead of time, which is, you know, OEMs. um, There's some great tools and, you know, the way our minds work can inform how that looks. So, I think first giving yourself permission, making a realistic decision, don't give, say you have to, and ultimately like the results that you're going to get, I don't believe are going to be significantly impacted in a service-based business. If you post three times a week versus once a week, like some of those numbers out there and the algorithm changes, they're maybe not for us, right? Because what people are coming to yeah. look for from our social media isn't yeah, what they're, they're not looking for what you know influencers are they're not are looking for the latest reel that way viral <laughs> i hope not <laughs> yeah
1: maybe that's a red flag if they are <laughs> yeah you're right that's so funny so for for somebody in our audience who is listening um we've got something really interesting that Julie and I have been working on for quite some time Um, and you know for me one of the ways that I get visibility in our OBM school is through collaboration with students and Julie and I have collaborated on Jerome roll confetti (laughs) a visibility workshop so Julie and Julie has been wonderful in sharing all of her wisdom around how we as back-end service-based support providers can show up and hold the space for ourselves to be more visible in ways that really work for online business managers. Because again, you know, we are, as Julie so uh, eloquently said at the beginning, like we're not trying to be influencers here. Although sometimes I do try to be one.
0: (laughs) And you're darn good at
1: it. (laughs) Service-based providers do not need to have that, um, you know, in their, that notch on their belts, Um, but there is a time and a place to be visible, to attract your ideal client. So we've actually got the the link inside of the post, but it's obmschool.com forward slash visibility dash workshop. So this is a four-part video workshop series followed by a live Q&A with Julie and I and every week we are going to be dripping out juicy AF content all around how you can really truly leverage visibility for yourself and I'm so excited about this Julie like this I feel like I feel like this has been in the making for like months already
0: and it's finally birthing it's finally birthing (laughs) It's It's hard to believe it's here. Yeah, and we've talked a lot about social media in this um, this live, which is appropriate because some people will focus there. But all that to say, you it's. I also think it's a limiting belief. You don't have to have this massive social media presence to have a successful service based business. Because we think about what type of leads we actually need to bring into our business to hit our goals, and that could be done in other ways other than posting on social media or having a podcast or doing YouTube videos. There's alternatives to this that if they feel more authentic to you, it's just really about picking that lane, simplifying, not trying to spread yourself all over the place and focusing on that effort. And that's where you really see big returns. Mm -hmm.
1: And thinking about the kind of venue or the way that your, your clients like, so um, one of the ways that I love finding OBM clients is by attending live events, you know, both yes. from the perspective of like challenging, my, challenging myself to get out there and, you know, put clothes on and go and mingle with people um, because it's uncomfortable. Um, but I find that it's those types of visibility that literally lead to uh a a nice little pipeline of clients flowing through for years to come. And, you know, having been doing this for the last decade, I can literally say that those podcasts still bring clients. So way back when Julie was doing the podcast management, I think just before you'd started doing that, I had actually hired an agency to get me on a whole bunch of podcasts. And that was one of the greatest things I did for my OBM business was you know, spending, like investing a little bit of money to have some support for using an agency to get me on different podcasts. So there's so many different ways. And inside of this workshop, we are going to be exploring that and challenging you to get out of your comfort zone uh, with different weekly challenges around visibility and strategies that really work for online business managers.
0: We talked about when we were developing this because there is, as I said, like I can just kind of put my head down and put stuff out there. There is something about a challenge that just makes me laser focus. And I don't think about all the what ifs because I like the idea of a challenge. And I'm like, okay, they said, um, do X, Y, Z. So I'm just going to focus and do X, Y, Z. And then you can kind of tune out all the other noise and the questions and the uncomfortable feelings and focus on getting things done. And once you take those initial steps, everything becomes so much easier. A, you'll have information whether or not you like or don't like something, but sometimes it's just those first steps doing that first live. For example, for me, of course it was utterly terrifying. Yeah, terrifying. And then, I
1: also remember my first life. I I never wanted to do it.
0: Now it's like, who cares? I'm going all in. (laughs) Right. Once you just get past that hump, it's like you can say, oh, I actually not only don't mind this, maybe I like it. It's an (laughs) easy way to be visible and connect with people. So I think we also get so much information by getting outside of our comfort zone. So the challenges were such an important part of developing the workshop for people and making it something that they could. Actually, use and apply and uh, move forward in their business. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was interesting because Julie and I were like visibility, visibility is what we all struggle with. Um, And it's so interesting because I think we've both come a long way uh, with our visibility and we want to share it with you guys. So let's have a peek at the comment box, which I've already closed on my phone. Um, so, you guys inside of the Confident OBM community, why don't you share with us any questions that you have around visibility? I see we've got people on live, which is always exciting. Hey, Beck. Now, let so me drop. Oh, it always does that. And I'm like waiting for the volume to go up. <laughs> Lindsay, she's like, Yeah, I've been waiting to hear all these details. Hey, Jenny. Oh my God, all these familiar faces. Okay, I can't see all of the chats, obviously. Isn't that lovely how it always works like that?
0: I'm scared to press mine because my sound kept coming on. So,
1: yeah, well, that's what just blow people's (laughs) ears out
0: (laughs) with that amazing
1: microphone you have. Shay is on here. Oh.
0: Hey, Dom. I have to say, like the OBM community, I have said this before, but being in the online space before I found um, you and the OBM school, it really felt like I loved what I was doing, but finding the OBM community and what you've created, it just felt like home and it it's stayed that way.
1: Well, it's so funny. I was looking like when I started this group back in 2016, oh my God, um, oh. you know, it was really because I needed friends online. <laughs> I'm like, well, at least I can have some virtual friends and some like-minded people in this group. And I, I was listening to an interview um, because I was just kind of, I was I was down a rabbit hole and I was looking for something and I found this really, really old interview where I was talking to a branding expert about the business. And I was like, yeah, the Confident OBM community is like 400 people and I'm so proud. Of now it's like 11,000 plus. And I was like, oh my God, you know. I was like, so thrilled when it hit 400, like it was like the best thing since sliced toast. So, you know, we all start somewhere. Okay. So we've got some questions. So Jenny's asking something very interesting. How do you
0: come up with your podcast episode topics? Oh, that's a great question. Um, now it's changed from the beginning. Cause I think in the beginning you sort of, you're guessing and, um, you know, you, you might have ideas, but like, do you want to bring all of those forward? And so a lot of my episodes now are from conversations with people, or I find that if I feel really passionate about something, I found myself on Voxer, um, the other week, uh, sort of on a rant to my team members. And I was like, wait, should I rant on the podcast? Because, you know, you've hit something when you just can feel that passion building and you really want to share it. So It was easy for me in the beginning to do that, those structured episodes, because I knew who I wanted to talk to service-based, you know, business owners that were going to help my ideal OBM client find who they needed for their business. So I started with that. And then once I got comfortable, then I slowly, you'll see my progression. If you look, I think I didn't do a solo until many months into really? my podcast.
1: Interesting.
0: I didn't, I was terrified and, um, really? and it, I'm sure it sounded super awkward. And now like, I can't stop doing solos. I'm just like <laughs> record. Let's let it let's roll. <laughs> (laughs) So much easier than
1: booking appointments and scheduling.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So when you're starting, whether it's a podcast or a vlog or a blog, if you think about those questions that your ideal client's going to ask, which there are ways to find those types of questions, right? If you're an OBM, what's the difference between an OBM and a VA? And yeah, there's blogs and posts. I have one, you have an amazing video about that, but you'll put your own twist on it. So start by asking some of those frequently asked questions that, or things that you would want your clients to know before getting on a call with you, just start there. And then you'll find that things will occur to you. Just, you know, I have a, an app in my phone called Captio. It's C-A-P-T-I-O. And it basically, it's like a post-it note, but it sends it to my email. So Mm -hmm. um, if I have an idea, I type it in there and I hit send, it automatically comes to my email. And then I can save those for a later date and kind of look through and say, oh, yeah, that was a good idea and talk more about that.
1: Yeah, that's great. I I actually use my Apple Notes for that. And Mm -hmm. that's just a matter of actually going back and looking at those things. So I like that (laughs) idea of emailing them to yourself. And that's really great. Um, Beck, yes, this, this workshop will be available to our OBM School Momentum community um, 100%. So if you guys are in that program currently, then you will be getting access to this workshop. Um, Lindsay's asking, I struggle with my batching process, whether posting to social or otherwise. Any tips for batching in an effective and efficient way?
0: I still work in my business in an intuitive way. And I think that serves, it goes back to being an introvert and that I have to follow my energy a little bit because yes, I can have a task that is like create, you know, four social media posts for the month. And if I'm feeling sort of stuck or like not inspired in that moment, I don't personally force myself to do it just because I had a due date set in the calendar. There is a, you know, a, um, time that that has to be done, right? Let's say it's a week and you give yourself that time, but I think following your energy. And when you do one, just do all the rest at that same time. Um, it can also help if through the month you could save some ideas or posts. So that way you're not, it's like going back to saving your energy and you're not constantly creating, whether that's in ClickUp. Uh, your own project management tool, Captio, whatever you find works for you, Trello, save those ideas. So that way, when you sit down and there's a blank screen, you don't think I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. Save. If you see people post questions on Facebook, um, screenshot them, you know, save them in a folder on your phone, and then you can go back. And once you have sort of that idea, that's a great place to start. So Go in with the intention that you're gonna spend maybe an hour on it, forty five minutes, but knowing that then your captions or your content will be done for a certain amount of time. No, that's
1: really great. I love that you're so candid and honest about the energy piece because I find that that's definitely something that I struggle with, and I think can sometimes be frustrating for the team because I'm like, I just don't feel inspired or energetically. I'm just like not feeling it. And one of the ways that I found is to batch content, you know, even at a particular time of the month, like when I'm feeling like I have energy, like I am batching my content and then I am being inspired every week when the content goes live or every other week, obviously consistency is key. So, you know, you want to be visible when you know you can maintain that consistency. So uh, we've actually moved our YouTube calendar down to every other week And what we're going to be doing moving forward is making more of an effort to do these sorts of things where we go live in this incredible community, because this is where I can show up and be visible to my clients, to the OBMs who are interested in learning inside of the OBM school. But it's so important to be really honest about this um, because I will, and it it is a fine art of the batching of the content. Like that is a fine art. It took me, I'd say about a year, to be able to do two YouTube videos in one day. The other day I shot three YouTube videos in one day and I literally was like, I had to pinch myself. I mean, I don't mean to be like, I mean, this must sound ridiculous, but I was like, I cannot believe that I just did that. That was like the best thing ever. But now I can go back to those videos when they go live and I can be like inspired to create like a reel or a story or something that is capturing... That particular thing. So, I think it really is about having a baseline of what you want to be talking about. Like, so for example, you might really like, so let's say that you work with coaches. So, you might talk about, you know, client onboarding as a topic. You might really talk about, you know, being Um, heart-centered with your team as a topic and then you might create from those bigger topics all these little pieces of things like Julie was mentioning all these ideas around that topic when you see questions in communities or, or ideas pop up and if it can center around that main topic I just find it so much easier to then trickle out content that not only is relevant to the people you want to be visible to, but also that just stay true to kind of maintaining your energy and not feeling like, I don't know, you have to be everywhere all at once.
0: Yeah. There's so many rewards for sure for doing it. Not none of the least of which is then I get to show up a lot of times for weeks in just my sweatpants. I know. Not that I'm not wearing sweatpants now, but you know, like a more casual vibe. Because all that's done, and then, like you said, something can go live, and I can pop into stories because I already feel like I've been visible, and I'm like, I can point people to the thing, but I might be able to add some stuff onto it. So, uh, it's worth it to figure that out. But be kind to yourself too. We're not robots, and we shouldn't. um, Yeah, shouldn't act like we are.
1: That's right. And and your clients want to see you being the authentic you. So the other thing that Lindsay mentioned is it's, it's not so much about those energetic times, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'm like laughing. Um, it's about that the client work is interrupting, um, the time (laughs) that we spend. And (laughs) it's it's so interesting because, you know, again, behind the scenes, I mean, I'm going to get on my soapbox here, but we have to make time for our own business development. Mm -hmm. Like if it means treating your visibility, like, A client business. Then, if that's what if that's what you need to do to get serious about it, then that's what you need to do. So, let's say you have one more client on your roster that requires four hours a month of your time. What where are you going to put that in your calendar, and what are you going to create in those windows of time? from a visibility perspective. It
0: doesn't have to be That's too much. super powerful. And it's a big mindset shift because having you there guiding me through that transition, sometimes you are in a business and you feel like, well, I have the max number of clients that I want right now. So why oh, would yeah. I be visible? That was a hard hump for me to get over. Um, I was like, I don't want to tell people that I'm full or, you know, but there were so many other options there. And really like having that consistent machine of leads helped me in in so many ways, uh, none the least of which was if you have a client that you find at a certain point, maybe you've outgrown them, they've outgrown you, they're just no longer the right fit. You can really confidently take steps to move forward and change that situation. If you know that you have these leads coming in, instead of from that moment saying, oh my gosh, where am I going to find another client? You've already built the framework for that. So it becomes then a lot easier to transition that person out and another person in. It's when you can have a business that every day you wake up, listen, nobody started this to feel like crap when we wake up or when we log in online. And so building a business with visibility that allows you to have the freedom to make those choices is the foundation of why we're doing this. Amen. Yes.
1: It's so true. It's so true. So It was a little ranty. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was a lot. It was very good because I think it's so important to bring it back to the basics. This is about you building your business for yourself goes right back to that. Why, why are we doing what we're doing? So, you know, if you have trouble putting yourself out there because you can relate to this introverted feeling or this, well, I've got all the clients I need feeling, which does happen. I know maybe they've got some people listening. They're like, really, it does happen. Yeah. Eventually you will reach your max capacity. And then you'll be like, well, you know, I'm really sitting fancy free with these three, four clients. Do I really need any more? But you, a healthy business needs a healthy pipeline. And also inside OBM school, we are big believers in dating projects. So you can, you know, have those VIP sessions on the side, you can have those breakthrough strategy sessions on the side, and you can still have your three or four retainer clients. So um, I always like, I I love the thrill of new clients as an OBM. Like I like to work with new people. I like to get involved in different people's businesses and see, you know, what's happening. And I found like one of the things that I really love about being an OBM is that it's ever evolving. So, you know, for many years, you know, I worked with coaches and then I was like, okay, the the lawyers and the doctors, the and then e-commerce is like amazing. Like, look what these people are selling and what they're doing. And so it's like, it does evolve in the best kind of way. And it really is a personal growth journey. So it's, it's visibility is big guys. And if you are sitting, listening to Julie and I thinking to yourself, Oh, I need to do this. I need, I need a little kick in the butt. How do I get that kick in the butt? Join us in this workshop over at obmschool.com forward slash visibility dash workshop. It is a $297 workshop, which I think is pretty, pretty uh, low price considering it is four weeks uh, uh, and a Q&A, a a live Q&A, and just jam-packed with templates and things that you can leverage from the get-go to get more visible for your ideal client so that you can grow as a service-based support provider and specifically as an online business manager. Absolutely. Thank you, Julie, for hanging out in the community. Um, Let me check if we've got any more comments coming through. That's not showing me anything now. (laughs) 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 Yes, just a lot of thank you, thank you, thank yous. I have to tell myself that I am my own client. Yes, indeed, Lindsay. Mm -hmm. Great tips. Sounds really useful. Thank you, guys. So thank you, everybody, for showing up and spending some time with us today. So this workshop will be available for a limited time. So do head on over to obmschool.com forward slash visibility dash workshop to lock in your spot. We kick off on the 17th, which is real soon. So come (laughs) January 2023, you can kick it off with a bang um, with your visibility. Thanks so
0: much for hanging I out with me, Julie. It's always a pleasure. Oh, thanks, Sarah. And thanks to the community. I just, it feels like a home oh, um, that you've got here. And I, <laughs> I love hanging out.
1: We all hang out in our pajamas. Yes.
0: <laughs> At least our pajama bottoms,
1: right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, have a great day, Julie.
0: You too. Bye, guys.